with authority. Welcome to another quarantine edition of our With Authority podcast. Larry Beal, Casey Pratt, Chris Alvarez, and our guest today is Sharks Captain Logan Couture. Logan, thanks for joining us. I assume you're in the South Bay staying at home. I am. I'm at home. Um, I'm in uh, in Willow Glen here, and um, still waiting to find out what's going to happen with our season before I I head to uh, to Canada. Okay, we're going to talk a lot of hockey, obviously, but we kind of like to do it a little bit differently here with the podcasts. And I, I was going to say I did a deep dive on Logan Couture. It was really more of a shallow dive uh, mm-hmm. last night, <laughs> but, but mostly stalking all of your social media. So we'll get to the hockey, but first, uh, I want to know about one of your passions because you are a card-carrying member of the Bills Mafia, the yeah. Buffalo Bills. I saw a shot of you on Instagram where you were probably, I don't know, three, four, five years old. You're, you're wearing the Bills sweater, and obviously that, that probably comes from your proximity to the team growing up, but uh, how passionate are you about Bills Mafia? It's my, my number one team, the Buffalo Bills. If, if I could see one of my teams, other than the Sharks, obviously win a championship, it would be the Buffalo Bills. Um, I grew up in the 90s. My uncle was a, a massive Bills fan. That was when they went to four Super Bowls in a row. I won't mention how they did in them, but... Uh, I was uh, I was in my heyday back then. The J I'm a, I'm a Toronto Blue Jays fan, so they were winning World Series. Um, the Sabers were making the playoffs every year, but uh, the Bills are my team. I watch every game I can. Um, this year was the first time I was able to to really watch a playoff game that I can remember. I think the last time they were in the playoffs was in the late '90s. So I watched it. I watched it in our hotel room. I think we we're in Washington. Um, I, we got there just in time for the, the fourth quarter, and then Barkley Goodrow and Eric Carlson came to my room. And, they suffered through overtime with me in the highs and lows. Uh, but it was just fun to see them in the playoffs, and I'm excited for the future that they have. Yeah, I'm sure you were pretty upset that uh, Tom Brady left the Patriots to go to the Bucs, uh, now clearing the division for you. <laughs> I know. But one of the traditions of Bill's Mafia in the parking lot before the game is one fan picking up another fan and body slamming him through a table. And I'm just wondering if you would be willing to partake in that. Would you rather be – the thrower or the throwee uh, in this equation for television's sake? Oh, I'll be going through a table at some point. It's just uh, I'm going <laughs> to wait till the, till the playing career is over first. I don't want anything to happen. But uh, I've only been to one game in uh, in Buffalo, um, just this, the way the seasons match up. Um, I was able to go during our lockout. Um, so I've only been there once. We went to a game last year in Nashville, in, in Tennessee. We got to see the Bills-Titans when we were on the road. I uh, couldn't find a, a, a Bills tailgate in time, um, but but I'm eventually going to get get to go through one. Yeah. Do you want who do you want throwing you? Uh, Joe Thornton, Burnsy, uh, <laughs> Doug Wilson? I don't know who. I mean, Burnsy. Burnsy would go hard, and he would make it uh, legit. So Jumbo, Jumbo or Burnsy, they they both go hard. So excellent. Those guys are good choices. Well, yo, I didn't know that this was going to go this direction, but the Bills do play the 49ers in Santa Clara on Monday Night Football this season, so I presume if everything is normal, we'll probably see you there, actually. Yes, 100%. I'm hoping that uh, that we don't play on that night, and I'm free and get tickets and go. Um, so let's take this a little bit to, to the situation we're in right now. What have you been doing to pass the time? I've seen the book club post. That's a really cool thing that I'm sure is passing a lot of time. I've seen the haircut situations. We're all cutting our own hair, too. We were joking about that before the show started. So 
what have you been doing to kind of get through everything as you stay at home? Yeah, I think the same, same as everyone reading, um, watching TV, movies. Uh, I work, I wake up, I try and get into a routine. I wake up early in the morning, I get a workout in. I've got a, a Peloton bike that I was able to, to get at the early stages of this quarantine. And I've got some weights that I'm able to, to work out. Um, and then just uh, some time on the couch, some time in my, in my backyard. Uh, that's, that's basically it. Try and, try and stay indoors as, or to, to ourselves as much as possible. I would imagine the Peloton competitions right now in the Sharks organization are off the chart. Is there somebody that you're doing battle with? Or are there a lot of people taking part in Peloton in the organization? Who's like the craziest rider right now? I'm actually, I haven't gone with anyone. I know Bernsey has one. I know Nace has one. I don't know. I think Deller might have one as well. I don't know if there's many guys that, that have one. Uh, Brody Brazil has one. I, I've, yeah. I'm friends with him on there. Uh, you probably rides, crush him like like a great. He rides a little bit slower than I do, so I haven't uh, gone with him yet. But one day we'll go together. Hey, if you're going to take shots at the media on this podcast, Logan, we're going to ramp up the the aggressiveness of the questioning. I'm just going to put that up right now. <laughs> Logan, um, I searched. You know, we're all fans of uh, teeth in the media. It's an important deal for us, but for hockey players, it's like a rite of passage to lose them so I did a google search Logan Couture teeth and I mean there's some pretty gnarly stuff on here how many teeth have you lost and which which is the worst of these I mean there's some pretty rough stuff on there man yeah so the worst one I was in Nashville I think it was 2017 I want to say we were in Nashville and we were on a tough road trip where we lost every game on that road trip and we were losing like 4-1 at the end of the second period took a puck right square in the teeth like square not didn't hit a part of my my lip nothing square in the teeth knocked my mouth guard out I lost um three teeth right away from the top they fell out I went back to the to the medical room in Nashville so when you get hurt on the road they take you to their dressing room and um I was very fortunate there that there was a a female dentist that just told me you got to suck this up this is going to hurt right now and my bottom teeth are all rammed to the back of my mouth so she grabbed them with her her finger like that just pulled them forward and she was able to actually save these teeth. Uh, they've been root canal, but they're still my, my real teeth. So um, four on the top, four on the bottom are root canals. Um, so eight, I guess you could say. Wow. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Was- I mean, they, they stuck a needle in my face, like to freeze it. Like it was like this big all the way up to my eye. Oh. And I had to go to Vanderbilt, uh, the hospital at Vanderbilt right after that. And they did surgery to put that wiring on my, my teeth. It took about two, two and a half to three hours. So it was, it was a wild night. I'm actually yeah, getting my wisdom teeth out on Saturday. I'm not looking forward to it. Do you have any advice for me? Smoothies, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of ice. Don't try not to, to talk too much. Yeah. The wisdom cool. teeth. Uh, as we said, we like to do things differently here. Now, if you can hear... Uh, this song. What does this song mean to you? Yeah, my goal song. Yeah, um, just try to do something different. I mean, the, the mentality was to try and get something to get the fans fans into it and yeah. uh, energy to the building. And um, it happened. I was injured when uh, the goal songs were starting. And my first goal I scored was an overtime winning goal when I came back from my injury. And that, that song played. And guys on the ice are you know they're happy and then they heard the song and they were just they're looking at me like what the are you hearing this right now and then we got in the room after and guys are like why what were you thinking was that cindy was that cindy lauper it was yeah girls just want to have fun they do (laughs) (laughs) 
Look at Logan. He's juice. All right. I came prepared, Larry. I, I like that. I want to go back to uh, your experience with pain. I, I would, first of all, if the doctor told me you're just going to have to uh, suck it up and tough it out, I'd be looking for another doctor. But <laughs> circumstances in the locker room in Nashville, you didn't have that option. But last year against Vegas, and correct me if I'm wrong on my details here, but you got high sticked right. and you lost two teeth. However, there was another injury in that game that you suffered that actually had you much more concerned. I wonder if you could elaborate on that, please. Yeah, that was a, that was a different game. That was earlier in the series. I think that was game game two. Um, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Thanks for the memories. But, <laughs> I was sliding back on defense, and uh, I think it was Cody Eakin pulled up and took a wrist shot, and I exposed – my left leg and my right leg was in a weird position and it hit me right in like, like square in the right testicle. And mm. I, I came off the ice and I, I instantly threw up. So our, our doctor came rushing down and um, thankfully it was all good. Still all good. Yeah. Thank goodness it wasn't a slap shot instead of a wrist shot. Yeah. I mean, it, it hurt. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's actually very serious. We, we joke about hockey players and their ability to withstand pain. What's the deal with that? Because it, it almost seems like it's understood if you play your sport at a high enough level, teeth knocked out, stitches, whatever. Uh, yeah, next shift, I'll be out there. W where does that mentality come from? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I like to say a lot of, Canadian players grew up tough um you know American players too but uh yeah when you're a hockey player I mean you just have that mentality where if you're going to help if you're going to be able to help your team um you know unless you can't unless it's really really bad you're going to do whatever you can to be on the ice and help your team as long as you're not hurting your team and um you know for for us on on the Sharks we've had a lot of guys play through a lot of injuries and I've seen it firsthand, so you don't want to be that one person that uh, refuses to play when you when you can play. Obviously, you got to know where that line is, though. No, I know that the season stopping the way it did is probably very weird and unconventional. But speaking of the way that everyone's beat up, especially at this time of the year, is this in a weird way a positive in any shape or form that kind of just helps you get your body right? I don't know if you guys are going to come back to play. I don't know what the plans are, but. Does this kind of help you in a strange way? I don't know. I really don't know. I don't, I, you know, for me personally right now, if our season continued, we, we probably would have missed the playoffs. Right. So right now I'd be in a gym doing my summer training. So that is, is hurting, you know, us um, as athletes right now. So we would also be able to skate right now. We, we aren't, um, but we'll have time when we, if we do come back this year or, or when we come back next season to, uh, to properly get ready for training camp and, and work out and skate again. So right now I wish I was able to get to a gym, get to our facility and start, you know, getting into my summer training. But we're make, I'm making do with, with what I have here. No, I know we had Steve Kerr on the podcast a week and a half ago, and he really said that, like, look, we're not going to make the playoffs. We don't see any reason to come back and play at this point. I know that you guys almost always make the playoffs since you've been there. You've only missed it one time, but this is a little bit different of a year. So mentally, are you kind of thinking that it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to put out the extra risk and come back to play? Or are you kind of planning to do it? You want to get out there. So for me, I, I see both sides. I see the, the point in saying, what, you know, what are we doing here if we're, 
going through all this to play six, seven, eight games, right? But at the same time, I also say it would be nice to get a camp in the middle of summer, to get playing hockey again, to really break it up. Because if there's no hockey and if the next season doesn't start till December, we're looking at a, a massive break. And that's a long time to be away from the game. So I do want to, I mean, I, I wish we could, you know, be playing right now, but unfortunately that's not realistic. So I see both sides. Um, we'll see what happens coming up here. I think we should probably have more answers in the next little while. Logan, you reference having answers in the next little while. If, if you, you have a call tomorrow, correct? And if you do, uh, can you tell the fans and viewers what that's going to be like and what you potentially hope to hear tomorrow? Yeah, the, just news. The uh, the NHL and the NHLPA, they're, they're updating us um, constantly. It's just, uh, you know, we usually have one or two calls a, a week with uh, with the Players Association and, and one scheduled um, tomorrow. So hopefully there will be more to uh, discuss. Are you in favor of, you know, every league has their own plans and, and some of them involve going to remote locations and creating kind of this bubble or biosphere set up. Uh, one was, I'm trying to remember, I, th- I want to say it was North Dakota, I believe. And uh, there was another in, somewhere in Canada. Do you see the mechanics of that working out or, or kind of the logistics becoming too difficult? Well, I think, I think they shot down the idea of the North Dakota one. I think they want it to be in, in NHL arenas. Um, so they're looking at, I think, you know, from anywhere to 15, 20 locations that, that NHL teams play in. Um, I mean, for us, if, if we're going to be playing and we're going to play, you know, say six or seven eight or eight games, it would be basically a three-week, you know, stay. It would be a week longer than a, a normal road trip for us. So it wouldn't be that big of a deal. I'm sure teams that are – you know, going to make the playoffs and, and teams that may win the Stanley Cup, if they're going to have to be away from families, away from home for, for three, three and a half months, then that would be tougher for them. But uh, I think for the chance to win the Stanley Cup, I think most guys would probably uh, take that. Interesting. You guys had kind of a, a rough season that you touched on earlier. What's more difficult, the losing, the injuries, uh, or having a head coach fired and some great teammates traded as a result? Uh, nothing's easy in, in what you just said there. I mean, it's all difficult. It, one thing really leads to another. Um, you know, we didn't have a great start. We didn't have a great tra- training camp. Um, you know, we came out of the gate real slow. Vegas took it to us in the first two games, and it was tough. Um, you know, then Pete gets fired, and uh, I personally have never – gone through something like that where the coach is fired mid-season and, and not many guys in our team have either. So that was a new experience for us. But, uh, you know, Boogie came in and I thought we were playing some pretty good hockey. I thought we were really turning turning things around. And then we started – guys started going down. So, um, yeah, difficult season. The trades sucks. I mean, really, really good people, good teammates, really, really good friends of mine, really, like guys that I've, I've been around for years. And, you know, I'm very close with them, their families – you know, the girlfriends. So it's, it's, it was difficult, but uh, that's what happens when you lose. So, um, you know, for us as a team, that it should fuel us into next year. Just from watching uh, your social media posts, it seems like you and Christian McCaffrey, the former Stanford star, uh, have some friendship. And I'm wondering, because I see him liking your stuff and vice versa. And do you know him from St- his Stanford days? Now he's with Carolina, just signed that huge deal, $16 million a year. How do you guys know each other? Yeah, so I 
knew um, one of the equipment guys at Stanford, and this was probably, you know, Christian's second year at Stanford. I, I would go to a bunch of the games. We went to, you know, maybe three of the, the games where, the, where USC was at Stanford. We, we saw a bunch of games, and I would stand on the sideline, and um, I got to know a few of the players, Kevin Hogan, Christian McCaffrey, Michael Rector, and actually had a few of them over to my apartment. Um, you know, after one of our games, they'd come down and watch us play. Christian and I have kept in touch. Um, you know, during his his year, he should have won the Heisman. Um, we would text a, a ton and uh, just really happy for him. He's a great, great person. Um, you know, so humble, so down to earth for, for how good of an athlete he is. So we keep in touch. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very happy for him. I'm sure you read all the same things before the draft and there were questions. He's not that fast. He's not that big. And having watched him so much at Stanford, I was just laughing because it was like, this guy, you can't tackle him. It's ridiculous. No, I mean, I, I tweeted about it the other day, but just that, that Rose Bowl game against Iowa, um, when he took that game over, I mean, the first, the first play from scrimmage, I think he, he took the ball, you know, 65 yards, caught, caught a pass in the middle of the field, took it to the house. So just a game breaker every time he touched it in college. And, I mean, just what he's done in the NFL speaks for itself. Yeah, if only he was on the Bills, right? Uh. That'd be nice. <laughs> now, we've just passed the one-year anniversary of that game seven against Vegas, and I know you had a huge part in that game, and just watching it, it was probably the most incredible game I've ever seen in any sport. So now that you're a year removed from it, what were your impressions of what happened that night on the ice? I mean, I could imagine the heart must have just been pumping like crazy. That was one of the nuttiest things I've ever seen. Yeah, it was probably the craziest, craziest game I've ever been a part of. Um, it'll be tough to top it, that's for sure. I mean, that whole that series and as a whole, I mean, just the hatred between the two teams – us winning game one, controversy game two, them going out to a 3-1 lead, um, you know, us having to go into that building where we had been awful, awful for two years on a, in a must-win game, and Martin Jones having, you know, 60 saves, Tommy Hurdle scoring shorthanded, just an incredible game six, and then, you know, game seven, I, yeah, it was wild. Um, you know, unfortunately, we found ourselves in a hole. We were down 3 nothing there in the third, you know, took advantage of a, of a penalty. And, um, you know, some people may disagree with the call, but we still had to score three goals on it and we scored four, but, uh, the, the arena was so loud. Um, I've said this many times, but the feeling on the bench or on the ice, you know, when you go to a, a club and, and you sit close to the base and it just pumps and pumps and pumps for hours. And then you leave the club and there's, there's nothing like your ears are ringing. That's what it felt like after the third period when we walked into the dressing room. I mean, they scored, so we were down, or we were upset. Not we weren't down, it was going to overtime. But your ears were ringing. You could barely hear what the guy beside you was, was saying. That's just how loud the SAP center was. So it was incredible. And then when Goody scored in overtime, it got that loud again. Just so much energy and um, the feeling afterwards. It, it took a while for, for us to, to settle down after that game. No, I know Joe Pavelski – was injured in that game and, and he is now not on the team anymore. You're the captain. So what has the C changed for you? What has made it different? Like what are your responsibilities now that you are the captain of the team? Uh, honestly, not much. I, I, I said, you know, last year, if, if this was going to happen, I'm not going to change who, who I am. Um, I'm not going to change the player. I am I'm not going to change the person I am. I'm not going to you know go around faking it in the dressing room. 
I play with two, enough of those guys that they know who I am. They know what I'm about. They know every day when I get to the rink what I'm going to do. So if I change, they're just going to see that as fake. But, uh, you know, obviously it was difficult. It was a difficult first year as a captain because the team, we didn't have a good year. Um, but for me, I learned a lot. I think there's a lot from, for me personally to, to build on. Um, just certain situations, how I go about dealing with different situations. So, um, you know, in a part, I'm, I'm happy that, uh, that I was able to learn a lot from this year. Um, I know I never want to go through this ever again. So, and I know, I know we're going to do whatever we can to, to not have a year like this year. I remember way back in the day, Joe Thornton, he'd be like the first guy to talk and he'd always have like, just like a purple towel and no shirt on. And then when he became captain, he had to wear a shirt for all of his interviews. So I don't know if that's part of the responsibility or what, but. Yeah, I mean, it's rare to see him with a shirt on, so. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. Logan, you referenced a couple questions ago about the deafening noise and the crowd and the energy you got off that. And if you guys come back this year, it's going to be without fans unless something crazy changes. So. Can you explain what it really means to have fans and the energy and how maybe that affects your play and makes you play better? And then potentially, could you play without fans? I mean, like, what would that even be like in a, in a huge empty arena? Yeah, sure. I'll answer the, the without fans question first. Um, I think as players, uh, I think for us, we realize what's going on in the world. And, and we're, if we do come back, we're playing to give people at home something to look forward to. Um, you know, hopefully they, they do – you know, great broadcasts on TV and um, people can look forward to watching hockey on it. So that's really not, you know, it's, it's, it's obviously going to be different. It's obviously going to take some time getting used to it, but for us to come back, that's what we're, we're looking at to, to keep people happy at home and, and for them to enjoy it. Um, and then playing, playing in front of fans. I mean, the SAP center is as good as it gets, especially come playoff time. The building is so that you can feel, you can even drive into the rink. You know, I, I get to the, to the SAP center two and a half, three hours before game time and just driving there down the street, sharks jerseys everywhere. You just get the energy, you feel the energy, you know, you jump on the ice for warm up, and people are buzzing already. So I love playing at home, scoring in front of the fans. They go loud. It's even better to score on the road and quiet, you know, 19,000 Vegas fans in the playoffs. There's, there's <laughs> it's tough to meet that feeling, honestly. So is it weird? Cause you mentioned the, quote unquote, hatred between the Sharks and Vegas. Now to have Peter DeBoer, your old coach, on their bench, because I, I'm sure you have affection for him. You could still hate the other players, though, right? Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. I don't think the hatred for the Knights, Golden Knights, is going to change. I mean, I love, I love Pete as a coach. I thought he was a great, great coach. And as good of a coach as, as Pete is, he's an unbelievable, even better person. Um, just just a great guy to have to read a group to push the right buttons the staff that he had Dave Barr um you know Boogie this year Steve Spot Johan Hedberg it was a great coaching staff and um they took us to uh to places that uh, us in San Jose had never been to we'd never been to a final before um you know a lot of that goes into our coaching staff so it'll be different um you know playing against them we haven't had the opportunity to do that yet so it'll be different that first time, but uh, you know, once that puck drops and uh, the game started, it, it's going to feel like a normal Sharks uh, Vegas game. Yes, get ready to throw the gloves down and go. Uh, <laughs> um, you're obviously a huge sports fan, and because you grew up in Canada, 
Uh, I noticed uh, an affection as well for the Toronto Raptors. So I'm wondering if you happen to be at Oracle for game six last June when the Raptors and Kawhi Leonard beat the Golden State Warriors. And you do know, by the way, if Clay doesn't uh, tear his uh, ACL, that the Warriors win in seven. You do know that, right? Oh, I see the eye roll already. <laughs> you know how many interviews that all those the Warriors people have said, oh, blah, 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 this, this, this. Well, it didn't happen. So <laughs> Toronto, Toronto won the won the series. No, I wasn't at game six. I was at game four with uh, Eric Carlson. He was He's good friends with uh, Jonas Drebko. So he got us tickets. Him and I went um, with uh, his brother-in-law as well. Um, and then, you know, I, I was actually scheduled to fly home to Canada on the day of game six um, because I wasn't planning on for Toronto to lose game five. And in Toronto, I didn't think that was going to happen. So, you know, the, the day that Toronto lost game five, Eric actually texted me and said, I, you want to go to game six? I got tickets again. And I should have. I didn't change the flight. I flew home, but I was able to make it home in time to, to my house to watch the, uh, I think the third and fourth quarter of that game. So it was nice to have to see. Yeah, it was funny because we were doing a post-game show on the baseline and we saw Jonas there. And then we saw Carlson, who was on crutches at the time because he had just had surgery. And we're, we're, uh, in fact, uh, Casey was telling me, look behind you. I was it's, like, grab him, grab Eric. I'm saying, he's on crutches. I can't grab him. What are we going to do? I mean, it's, there he is back there. Eric Carlson's here. And he went to a bunch of the games, I think. I think he went throughout the playoffs. Yeah, and then remember, when we had him on this very podcast, he actually got mad at you for not putting him on the show. He, he, was, he was upset that you didn't reach out to him. He's, he's not the first guest unhappy with my questions or, uh, <laughs> or actions. So join the club. <laughs> Now, we are live, so I'm checking the Facebook comments. Most people are just basically professing their love for you. Some people are really enjoying the Dunder Mifflin background from the show, The Office. Um, we have a guy named Eric Growl who asked this question, though. He said when you first joined the Sharks, him and his brother nicknamed you Weapon X because Logan is the name of Wolverine. I don't know if you're a comic fan, but did you follow the comics all or X-Men or any of that stuff? No, I never did. Well, there you go, Eric Growl. Your question has been asked. Oh, Wolverine is, is a bad, bad man. you got to watch at least one of those X-Men movies. The yeah. last one was really good. Yeah, you, you want to you be like, uh, like Wolverine. Hugh Jackman, he got so jacked for that last movie. I mean, just absurd. Yeah, I, I have seen uh, photos of, of him. He was big. Yeah. Well, Wolverine had the mutant healing factor, which would probably be the most important thing you could have as a hockey player, I would imagine. Yeah, it would help. help. (laughs) Go ahead, Chris. Uh, Well, I was going to say, yeah, he would be a great hockey player, but uh, we're talking a lot about Canada. Uh, Are you more of a Drake or Justin Bieber guy? Drake is my guy. He's uh, he's been my number one for uh, since the start. Um, Actually, a a crazy story about Drake. One of my former teammates that played in San Jose, um, I think in 2010, his name was Derek Joslin. He was a defenseman. His best friend, his name's Jared. He's an actor, and he was in Billy Madison. He was uh, Scotty Logan and Billy Madison. I don't know if you remember him. He actually was on Degrassi with Drake. So he was telling Derek, he's like, you got to look out for this guy. His name's Aubrey. He goes by Drake. He raps every lunch break on Degrassi for us. Like He's going to be the next big thing. So Jaws was always – he was the guy that really introduced me to Drake. And wow. said, 
you know, 2000, whenever, 2009, I think we were playing wow. junior together. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. So he's been my guy since then. Do you talk to Drake? Do you have a personal relationship with him? Do you I talk don't, to- no, I don't. Um, Der- uh, Joel, Joel Ward, he, he's friends with a security guard that was, uh, I believe, Drake's security guard for a little while. Um, there was video out there. I think Drake was playing in San Jose a couple years ago when he came out in a, in a Ward 42 black Sharks jersey, which was a pretty nice cool thing to nice. see. One of the things that uh, we touched on was uh, the possible benefits of mutant healing powers. Uh, on, on a more serious note, I know one of the things that you're involved in, uh, Charity, is uh, all in for brain research. How did you take an interest in that? How did it get started? And just maybe discuss the evolution of your participation. Sure. Um, so I was working with a guy in, in my hometown of London, Ontario. His name's Jeff Fisher. He's actually my business manager now. Um, and when I was in junior hockey, I suffered a few concussions and I actually got to see his wife who was the head concussion doctor in the city of London and the city of London has a great physical therapy center. It's uh, the Fowler Kennedy clinic, which is a lot people travel from all over Canada to come see this place. That's how good it is. And, um, it was just something that uh, meant a lot to me when I was thinking about, you know, a foundation to start or or charity to, to help out with. And um, Jeff and I came up with the idea of doing a casino night um, just cause to do something different. We didn't want to do a golf tournament. It's, it's so common, a baseball tournament, anything like that. So we figured a casino night would be a good night to, to come out and have fun and do something different and, and raise money for, uh, for brain research. And we've done it the last three years now. Uh, we, we, we actually did one in Kitchener-Waterloo the last two years and had Pete DeBoer and Steve Spot there. As, as guest uh, stars and um, it's, it's a great night. It's a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully, you know, we're really hoping that at some point this year, this summer, we can do it. We don't know, but uh, we're hoping. Do you ever have concerns about, well, you, you played for a long time and, and you know the risks obviously, and we're discovering more, learning more about CTE and those things about the long-term impact of, of playing professional hockey. Is that a concern of yours? Um, not, not right now. No, I think, um, you know, I've seen firsthand, uh, kind of the, the improvement that the sport, especially hockey has made towards the injury, the head injuries, our, our team in San Jose here, you know, our medical staff has always done a a great job from, from day one. If if you have a head injury and you're not feeling right, there's no pressure to, to play. It's all right. You're going to get out of here and we're going to make sure you're good. And, um, you're not coming back until you are good. So, our medical guys here have done a great job um, protecting us. Um, so I have no issues here. Well, I saw that you were actually a really good baseball player in your young days too. So what do you think could have happened if you stayed with baseball and what eventually led you to hockey? Because obviously that was the right choice. Yeah, uh, no, I, I love baseball. I played uh, up until I was 14 and then I had to make the choice between uh, baseball and hockey. Um, who knows? I, I don't think I was, you know, at that time, I wasn't good enough to, uh, who knows, though. I mean, I had offers for, for, for scholarships um, coming in when I was 14 and 15. So you never know what can happen. But uh, I'm glad I chose hockey. I was a shortstop and, and second baseman in baseball. Um, just didn't hit the ball as good as, you know, some of the top end guys did. That was my, my biggest weakness. But uh, I'm glad I stuck with hockey. 
Logan, uh, we're all doing different things during this time of quarantine, maybe new hobbies. I've uh, started to pick up some video games. I just got NHL 20 the other day. Nice. Have you, do you play it a lot? Are you happy with how you look and your skill rating? And, and what are your new hobbies these days? Uh, no, I don't. I haven't played video games in almost five years. I, uh, <laughs> I know. it's. Uh, I used to play. I used to play uh, with a, a few guys on the team back from Call of Duty. We used to play Call of Duty after games, but uh, – I haven't. I don't even know what my rating is or, or what's going on in that game. Uh, hopefully they, they gave me a decent rating. Um, for hobbies, I mean, it's just reading TV. I, I do some gardening in, in my backyard, some pulling, pulling some weeds since uh, the gardeners haven't been able to come. So maybe that. Chris, he's an educated man. He doesn't have time for video games. He's I'm sorry. Cool. I'm not the same. Look at the shirt I'm wearing. I have a lot of trouble over here. Like, really for two months. 40 to 60 books a season, which is insane. That's more than Chris read in his entire college <laughs> career at Fresno State. I'm watching YouTube videos on how to get better at NHL 20, Larry. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, we all have our priorities. So I saw you were a big Stephen King fan, a Grisham guy. Uh, I kind of like, I don't know if you're familiar with Brad Thor. Yeah, I read the whole entire series. We should be hanging out. I don't know why we have these other guys on this call even. Yeah. Um, we have a couple books back there. <laughs> Uh, so, so what are you reading right now and what can you recommend? What gets the Logan Couture, uh, the five-star rating? So currently, like at this moment, I'm reading Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell. Um, I had just read uh, Outliers by him last week. So I ordered the rest of his uh, books. I kinda, I, you know, it's weird. I read like three or four books at the same time. I've also got Why We Sleep going. Um, I was suggested that by Barkley Goodrow's dad. He said, you got to read this book. It'll, it'll change your life. Um, it's a little bit of a slower read. So, and then I'm reading uh, the latest uh, Orphan X book um, from Greg Hurwitz. I don't know if you've read any of that series. It's similar to uh, to the Scott Horvath series. It's very okay. good. Yeah, you you've read more books than the three of us combined in a <laughs> long, long time. Lots of free time. I, yeah, I I think that says more about you than well, it says more about us too, actually, <laughs> but not in a good way. Not in a good way. I read like three books a day, but they're all kids' books to my myself. Yeah. So I don't know if that counts. Casey's really big with green eggs and ham. That's yeah. um, that's his speed. That's his speed. I'm 140 uh, characters per per tweet. That's all I can really handle. Yeah. Hey, let's wrap it up. Just to, what do you got planned the uh, the rest of the day and uh, the rest of the week? Ah, uh, the rest of the day, my. Uh... I'm having issues with my pool right now, so I've got to meet with the pool people to uh, figure out what's going on. So that's the, the big thing on the agenda. The rest of the week, not much. Um, going to wake up, get a workout in tomorrow, and uh, figure out the rest of the day after that. All right. Well, hopefully the weather gets a little bit better so you can actually enjoy some pool time. I saw pictures of that pool. That pool is pretty – is it an infinity pool? It's not, no, um, but it's beautiful. They did a great job with it. I, I, they just finished it in uh, – January or February, right before this happened. So I'm thankful that they, they're able to finish. Good timing. Uh, and, and so was this. We really appreciate uh, your time and can't wait till we see you back on the ice with the Sharks and sports back again. And uh, whatever the new normal is, uh, I think uh, we can't wait to see it and, and, and can't wait to see you again doing your thing on the ice. With awesome. teeth. With all with, with teeth. <laughs> Hopefully they stay in there. Yeah. Right. Thanks so much, Logan. Take Thanks, care. Guys. Yeah. With authority.